Anderson, like a cork in the ocean over his head. Marking contest over the top, Subic, great grab. Across the ground, bam, in comes Donnie Wurzlaw. Got it out to a oh. kick, kicks Lovett, check, Hunter. Who would have thought the sequel would be just as good as the original? Kicks inside 50, McGovern, McGovern, what a play. The premiers of 1992. The 1994 premiers. Premiers. The 2006, the 2018 AFL Premiership team. The West Coast Eagles. G'day everyone. Welcome to the Big Footy Eagles podcast for another week. It's been a tough week for the West Coast Eagles and I feel uh, and we'll hopefully spend a lot of time on that and not acknowledge the bullshit that's going on at the club. No, of course, we're going to have to talk about some stuff that's going on at the club. Gentlemen, I have pulled you away from uh, Fremantle versus Geelong. It's also not a very entertaining match, but Migs, at least there's some entertaining value uh, being played at Optus Stadium this week because it has been a tough week for the Eagles, as I've said. I think we were all there sitting in the rain as well, but... Migs, you're on the show. Thank you for putting up with the Eagles for another few days and uh, actually showing up to talk about them. Tough one this week. Yeah, um, I'm going to try and start off positive and a um, couple of positives. Uh, we've now beaten twice as many top eight sides as we had this time last week um, <laughs> because Frio got it up into the eight. And uh, also in about seven minutes' time, uh, we're going to be back up into seventh. So... Yeah, the, bo- the so, boys are climbing the ladder. Yeah. They're climbing the ladder without even playing, which is good because keys at the moment when they play, good things tend not to happen. Uh, but again, thank you for uh, jumping on the show and bothering. You've said fold keys is your name. We've got Miguel stuffed chairs, yeah. and I'm Eagles are Badger thirty five keys. Tough week, mate. Yeah, I mean I'd laugh at Fremantle, but um, we probably don't really have a right to laugh at anybody at the moment after getting uh, beat up at home by eight eight. So, yeah, kind of shit week and a um, a really bad three week run, and probably the probably the baddest three weeks of we as we've had since um, Simpson took over. No good, no good at all. Now, gents, we can dive in and talk about it if we actually want to acknowledge what's going on at the club. I mean, we can sit and watch the end of Freo. Can I get a score check? Where are they at at the moment? I've turned it off. Still have like ten goals. Ninety nine to twenty nine, seventy Ooh. points. Boy, that's a shame. <laughs> that's a pity. Uh, look, yeah, I reckon we might as well get into it. But before we do, guys, thank you for the people who are in the comments. We've got a lot of people, obviously, watching. Oh, we've got a score update there in the comments. Appreciate that. Uh, look, tag your mates, share the show. Eagles are a bit of a shit show at the moment. Hopefully this show isn't too shit. And you can, you know, have your say. Tell us what's wrong. Tell us how you'd fix the club. Say thanks to Nick Nat as well when we get around to that segment. We've got heroes and villains coming up later on as well. And we will preview our game against, who do we even play this week? Adelaide, I think. I think Summer thought we were playing Geelong, but we're playing somebody. <laughs> we'll circle around to it at the end. But yeah, look, tag your friends, share this show around. You know, if you're still listening to the audio version of the pod, fantastic. Thank you very much for that. Stick with it. If you want to try the live stream as well, though, we're here every Thursday, 8.30. Gents, let's talk about the West Coast Eagles. They played the 18th place, North Melbourne. And uh, from memory, it went pretty poorly. West Coast Eagles, 8 goals, 12-60, were defeated by North Melbourne, 10 goals, 10-70. Migs, you're not going to win too many games kicking just the 60 points. 
They were very inaccurate to start. Eight goals, 12 actually is okay at the end of the day because they got on a bit of a scoring run. Uh, mm-hmm. Shit start, shit middle. Little bit of hope at the end that they were at least going to pull out a game and, and win, you know, take the four points, take the win. In the end, they couldn't even do that. But no matter how that game finished up, it was not an inspiring effort. So take us through your thoughts, West Coast, North Melbourne. Yeah, they teased us a bit in that last quarter, having suddenly just decided how to kick goals. Um, mm. Yeah, I think it was 3-12 at, um, at three-quarter time. And, and our forward line has really been propping us up this season. And in the last three weeks, it's gone to shit like the other lines. And, um, yeah, that's where we've ended up. Um, not a lot to like at all about that game. Uh, we sort of we identified that we needed to win the clearances and we did that, but they weren't good wins and they were turned over straight away. Um, we really, probably the difference in the clearances was the amount of times that Nat Nui took it out of the ruck and threw it on his boot. Yeah. And most of those got turned over. I think he went at about 30% disposal efficiency. So, and Usually then that's from good there, though. And on a night like that, we'll talk about the weather, of course. I didn't mind the yeah. concept, but Jesus, they just weren't working. Whether that's him to stop doing yeah. it, whether it's the forwards to play it differently, it just it just was not coming off. They didn't seem to be playing in front as much as you'd think they no. would be in those conditions. Um, yeah, and then we just got outworked, out hustled. Uh, the you know the the buzz stat post what is it post clearance contested possessions ground ball gets whatever you want ground to call it gets. we got smashed in that. So, yeah, if it wasn't a clearance, um, if it was a, a contested ball, we were losing it. Uh, we were getting outworked. We weren't running. You look on the tracker, uh, we'd run something like 4 Ks less than North's players. Uh, you could just see it at the ground. There wasn't any spread. Uh, there wasn't a lot of effort to get the ball back when North did uh, turn it over, especially in the second half. We seemed to, up, apart from that 10-minute period in the, in the fourth quarter, um, we seemed to just, I don't know, let them waltz through the corridor. Uh, 48 tackles for the game, which is a terrible uh, number in a contested game like that and, and a game where your opponents have had more possessions than you. So just apart from Nick that winning, probably winning the hitouts and the clearances, um, not a lot to take away at all. And if, if we had managed to snag a win, that would have been um, absolute thievery. Yeah, good yeah, comment no. there by Andrew. Yeah, Andrew, any credits um, in the bank used up in the podcast? G'day, Andrew. Nice to have you on the uh, on the show. On don't the know show how many well. credits we've got. Well, more than the boys do at the moment. Yeah. Keys. Yeah. Well, no, they've, they've got fucking unlimited credits in the bank, it seems. Uh, true enough. Yeah, we'll get to the changes, yeah. which seem to be two enforced changes and none after yeah. an insipid three weeks, potentially the worst three weeks in certainly Simpsons tenure, but potentially Eagles history, you know, with the expectations and the list yeah. we got. Keys, I'll throw to you in just a moment, but let me have a look at the uh, three-word reviews here. We're ready for... There's a bit of a theme on this one. Uh, This is all from Twitter. Another insipid display, says Burjo. Daniel says we're done here. Uh, Al said they aren't interested. G'day, Pants. Big big pop of Pants. Former Eagles podcaster Pants. Kyle says team is cooked. JS says insipid, inept, inside the eight. Kind of like that. Not three words, but that's all right. We'll pay that one. I am speechless. Uh, we've got draft chat already. We've got C-bombs on loop from Keys, and that's a good enough time to bring in the great man. Keys, you actually got to the game on the weekend. I think we all, on Monday. We all did, yeah. us and 30,000 of our best mates. We got rained on for the privilege, and we saw an absolutely shitty game. Yeah, it wasn't great. Um, I thought, for the most part, the first quarter, um, it was... Uh, 
we were going okay. Uh, I think it was 17 to 7 inside 50s. It, the only thing in the first quarter was our finishing was was shit. Um, and I, I guess you're in, you know you're in for a bad night when Kennedy kicks into the man on the mark from 15 metres out. Yeah. Um, and, and I think, you know, probably most of the things that I wanted to see in the first quarter were there. You know, the intent was good. We are winning the ball. We controlled the territory. Um, but the scoreboard, you know, compared to what we usually do, um, you know, we're inaccurate. We um, we butchered a few chances that we otherwise might have been able to take advantage of. Um, and then the game started to turn in the second quarter, I think, because uh, we got frustrated. Um, North started getting under our skin and we, we turned the ball over with some stupid fucking dumbass free kicks and some ill-discipline. Um, and... And I think by half time, I think North sort of thought we're close enough when we got them rattled. Um, and, and then our guys dropped their bundle in the third quarter. And I, I think it was, I, I sort of, in the third quarter, it seemed to me every time the whatever area the ball was in, doesn't matter, you know, it was midfield, our back line, our forward line, North Melbourne always had the out number. Mm. And yeah. that's a clear sign that players aren't working hard enough. Um, and that's what, you know, probably pissed me off as much as anything is the guys just weren't, they weren't working. They'd given up and North sort of, you know, rolled on, rolled on over the top of us. Um, number seven, the umpire number seven I'm talking about. Mate, if I had a rusty spike, it would piece through his fucking head. <laughs> um, I reckon by my count, it was something like 10 free kicks to one in that third quarter. And I'm pretty sure it was three deliberates. Um Oh, yeah, the deliberate was bad, especially on a night yeah. like that. Some of the ones that uh, were calling, they were. I reckon. You had I the reckon. Eagles crowd appealing at one point for a deliberate on the Eagles. That's how farcical it was getting. Yeah. Um, that didn't lose us a game, but it certainly didn't help us. Um, and I thought in the last quarter, you know, we got on a pretty of a roll. The crowd were up. Yeah, we got out to not quite two goals. I think it was one and a half, you know, 10 points or something like that. And you sort of thought, oh, Okay, it hasn't been a great night, but at least we're going to get away with the win. And I reckon the players thought that too, and they stopped. Mm, yeah. um, North got a North got another goal, and then again they they came and they were the ones that wanted it more. And I think that's out of out of all of this um, this season that's been the most disappointing is in games where it's been up for grabs in the last quarter. Um, our guy, apart from the game against Richmond, our guys have been out wanted by the opposition. And you go through, you can go through all those games. You can go mm. through uh, St Kilda, GWS, Essendon. Um, both dogs games. Both dogs. Yeah, because the dogs game, the was, second one was a blowout, but. It was it was in the balance. Oscar Allen was having a shot to make it, you know, a 12, 14 yeah. point game, something like when, that. And then it really got really out of control. It, when that when they really needed it, when you really needed the players to step up, they just didn't. And and mm. I think what's what's particularly disappointing is um you, you want your leaders to step up and Nat Nui aside, no one did. Mm-hmm. You know, mm. Nat Nui, I mean he was fighting a lone hand and I 
I reckon as much as you know, you Meg touched on you know Nat taking the ball out of the ruck. As, as much as you know, he gave up on his mids and just said, "Fuck, you're not going to get it. I might as well just take it and and hoik it." It didn't work out. Um, Full time was one thirty three to thirty one. Apparently, in the Dockers no, it wasn't. Game. No, I think, I think Oka's having a little bit of there. Oka's uh, maybe Oka's yeah. uh, playing silly Oka's buggers. Drugs. That's a hundred to thirty one. Oh, that's not funny. They didn't win by a hundred. Oh, well. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, it's just um, yeah the guys and the, and there's some efforts that um, Cripps sort of with that little tummy tap on on Thomas mm. was you know just completely unnecessary. I think Ryan gave a free kick away in the goal square when Langdon was We're having a I mean, shot. Langdon wasn't going to yeah. make the distance because he was thirty five meters out. Because he's twelve meters um, out. Yeah. Uh, but we, at least he was going to be able to put it to the goal square. So he's turned, Ryan's turned that around. Um, I, I reckon there was one or at least one or two other free kicks where um, decisions got reversed. Darling gave one away, slung a guy down. Yeah. Like, soft, but the signs that they were under our skin and we weren't handling it yeah. well. Yeah, um, it's just, yeah, I, I don't know. We just really poor. And I think. Um, you know, looking at Simpson that year's press conference and his Ask Simo sem, sem, sem segment that he does, um, he he looks like a, a guy who doesn't quite know what's going wrong. He doesn't have the answers. Um, I don't, not that I blame him because I don't I don't quite yeah. know what the what the go is. But there's something something's rotten in the state of Denmark, and I can't put my finger on it. So uh, Kim has asked a good question in here, which I think we might circle back to a little bit later, but she said, what do you guys think of the relationship with the players, with each other? Maybe they're not gelling as well. Do you think there's something going on off field? Of course, Migs, we had that incident with Yo and Gov getting stuck into each other after McGovern dropped off Goldstein. It led to a goal, led to a 50, all sorts of stuff. So we'll talk about the behind the scenes stuff perhaps a little bit later, or at least our perception of it from the outside. But structurally, I've always been a big backer of Simo. Um, I still am in that I think he's a good coach and I think, you know, he's by all reports got a contract extension. I've got no issue. I'm not saying sack the guy or anything like that. But sitting there watching it on the week on Monday, I keep saying the weekend, on Monday night at 5.40pm, if you don't mind, he was so reluctant to man up the North Melbourne extra that they had out the back, which Keyes touched on. The second that he did, and it's, it's correlation, causation, all this sort of stuff, maybe it's just me wanting him to do something and then he does it. And so I'm attributing it all to that. But we finally stopped letting him have a spare. We finally put Ryan in the goal square on a wet night. It gave you an outlet. It gave you something to kick to because prior to that, every time they'd get to the wing, it would break down because Darling would take a mark or free kick. Someone would get a free kick. We get the ball. There was one where Archie did an amazing bit of play, dove on it, knocked it back to Langdon and Langdon standing there at the tip of the center square. That is perfect. We should be hitting somebody on the chest, but no, because the 50 is empty he has to come out to the wing. We've got to kick it to the goal square and hope we get a contested mark. The game plan is too reliant on a contested mark, slowing it down, letting everybody filter forward because they press so high, they got to get all the way back. Yeah. And on a night like that, Migs, you're not going to get the contested mark. So it wasn't until we actually gave the guy something to kick to in the square that we got a bit of a run on. Like That, for me, was a, not a nail in the coffin, but that's a light bulb moment for me, I think, where I love the kick mark game style. I genuinely do. I'm one of its biggest biggest backers, and I know that. 
But for me watching that, I was thinking, I mean, why are you so stubborn with this Simo? He knew what the answer yeah. was because he made the change. So Migs, why does it take so long? Why are they so reluctant to switch away from plan A? Yeah, I wish I knew because um, I'm, I'm surprised we had a plan B at all. We don't see it very often. Um, but yeah, we we are way too um, stubborn at using that kick mark game style, even on nights that uh, you know, conditions that don't suit it. And we've had a lot. We seem to have had a lot of wet games this year, um, and we're just we're not playing well in them. Um, but so that's, yeah, it's just, that's a, such a non-starter of it. I'm not not knocking you on that because yeah, it's yeah. a very fair comment. But who are we if we have to play in pristine yeah. conditions and all of this business? You, where, where, where's the alternative? It's not always going to be on a platter for you. Yeah, well, we don't know. The the players look like they had no idea a lot of the time. Like they weren't sure mm. what to do. Um, they're just totally bereft of confidence at the moment. You can see the difference in the game styles from sitting up in the stands that the um, the kangaroos were moving the ball on quickly and they were using the corridor and we were stopping and humming and harring and going back and around and then kicking up to, on the wing to a contest. Um, yeah, there's just... yeah, the, They don't seem to have any idea what to do to get out of this slump. Nothing really is working apart from the, the hit-outs. Uh, everything else is, is falling apart. And I don't know, is it a question of uh, which problem do you try and fix first? If you've got a to-do list of 25 things, uh, which one do you address first? And you can't decide, so you don't do anything. Um, but, yeah, we it, nothing was going right. Nothing is going right. The players are um, yeah, bereft of ideas, bereft of mm. confidence, uh, and we'll get to changes. But, yeah, how do you... How do you force them to get confidence, stupid? Um, you don't, you know, if, if you drop them, that's not going to help their confidence. But if you keep playing them and they play shit house and you know, mm. we get beaten by Adelaide and that's a four straight loss and we're out of the eight, um, you know, how do they get confident that. doing that? Yeah, so, yeah, we'll get on to changes, but I'm pretty disappointed that there still doesn't seem to be any change. Um, there's a few guys that could go back and work on their game and, yeah, it's just we're putting out the same guys, we're tinkering around the edges, and um, we're getting the same results. Keys, I know it's easy from the cheap seats to say, oh, it's simple, man up their stair. Yeah, very fun. Or use the corridor more, or whatever the solution might be. But, I mean, I'm sitting there, I see a man up the spare, it goes swimmingly, and then suddenly we drop off back to having a spare. In our defence, that's when North sort of started to turn it, get back on top. What's the structural change, number one, that you would like to see? If you could just snap your fingers and have one change happen, is it a matter of trying to be more aggressive through the middle, come what may? Maybe that'll burn you as well. But is it a matter of sticking to that? Is it a matter of doing plan A better? Or like, what's the change that you want to see or at least you think might help close this gap a bit? Um, I'd like to see us um, play on quicker mm. and, 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 and move into the corridor and I think some of our guys, there was a number of times on Monday night where I watched Gaff run to get a ball and get a cheap posse running onto his right foot. Yeah. And there was a couple of times I just, why? Just mm. the, the kick was sideways or backwards to Gaff and then he got caught on his right foot. And I was like, why would you even, why would Gaff call for it? Why would the guy go there? Um, and... Another thing that did, I, I know Redden was out of the side and we really missed Redden on Monday, on Monday night, I thought. Mm. Um, 
but Gaff was regularly in the centre square. I don't know why. He's not he's not um he's not inside mid. We've got Yo, Shuey, Kelly and Sheed. Um those guys should be taking the centre square bounces, not Gaff. Gaff Sheed right now, I'm just done with Sheed, and I think we've got Matt in the comments saying the same. Sheed's yeah, had a really I mean, bad spell. I mean, but... Sheed, Sheed's hanging on to his spot in the side by a thread, I would have thought. I mean, he's... Well, with those he, credits. He's, he, he's just not... He, he, he looks lazy. He just jogs after. He tails his man. Um, but that said, Gaff, Gaff should be on the wing, mm. and that's where mm. he should stay. He shouldn't be anywhere else on the ground. Just run and link up. Um, but we've got we've got to be more daring with ball use. I think I I think as supporters, if you see a guy at half back turn the ball over, kicking the ball into the corridor, I think you wear that. I don't. What you don't wear is, and I'm not picking on the guy, but Rothen fucking up a 15 mm. meter sideways kick that. Turns over and ends up in a goal, and it's like, yeah. just why? I mean, go if you're taking the risk and the ball turns over, you wear it. But mm. if you if you're trying a, a kick that has no risk and you fuck it up and you turn it over, then it's a problem. It's a skill problem. It's a confidence problem. It's a game plan issue. So, and, and I I. I would have thought that most supporters, if you do it, if you go and try an attacking kick on a 45 to a guy running and it turns over, yeah, okay, well, that happens. But take territory. That's not, we're not taking territory with our kicks. Mm. Um, and we've got guys who can catch the footy. So, you know, if you're kicking it to a contest in the centre, surely that's better than kicking it backwards 40 metres and watching a side set up. Um, and what's worse is sides know that's what we're going to do. Yeah, that's the it. issue. Yeah, 100%. Um, I, as, as I said, look, I, I'm not averse to the kick mark game. So you've got to play the conditions. The conditions were shocking. Dial it back a bit. Simplify it a bit. Don't go for all these high possession games because eventually you're going to stuff one of them up. Um, but with that said, look, the crowd always gets frustrated to a degree. Migs, when you see a big switch or... Wow like a slower build-up switch I'm talking about, not a big raking switch out to the wing, but the crowd always gets a bit shitty when they go backwards, when they go sideways, all this sort of stuff. 30,000 people there on Monday, by far the lowest crowd we've had since we've been able to have big proper crowds again. And the noise was pretty quiet at most of the night. The crowd had no patience whatsoever for the switch at all, which is not on them. It's on the boys. I'm not knocking the crowd, but what I'm saying is the most notable volume you were getting was when you saw the crowd see the boys turn their shoulders, we're going back, we're going to set it up. Everyone knew it was the wrong night for it and all of this, and they were making their voices heard. So obviously the supporter base is on the same page as well. Let's circle back to that yeah. frustration point as well. While we're talking about you know where their heads are at, do they need to be more daring? Is it a personnel issue? Well, Kim did ask about you know what do we reckon the relationship's like? Do you read anything into that McGovern-Yo incident, whatever you want to call it? You know, any issues that potentially maybe the boys are dropping their heads or not going in hard enough for their teammates? Where, where do you think, personally, the guys are at at the moment? Yeah, and we've seen some rumours about um, discontent and so on, and I've seen some various um, uh, theories behind it. One theory I, I thought was really interesting, there's absolutely nothing to it, uh, 
that I can guess is that people are upset that Rioli's back in the side because he's back in the at the club because his return has coincided with this full. That's a pretty good example, I think, of correlation, not equaling causation. Um, yeah, the the body language uh, was terrible. Uh, I was surprised by that comeback in the fourth quarter because I thought when they walked out at, at um, for the start of that quarter, I thought just you know, there's so many slumped shoulders. Um, yeah, such poor body language from basically the whole 18 on the field. Uh, I saw Kennedy give Rotham a serve at one stage and, and he's not so usually like that at all. So Pick it up, get it yeah. over my head, give me a chance. Yeah, so yeah, yeah there's, there's just, yeah... Um, uh, there should be a lot of soul searching going on, I think, there because, yeah, I don't know. Do they need? Someone said in the comments, someone called Collective Minds. Um, yeah, we need a camp. It's it's a shame there's no buy or something coming up because uh, it, it does seem like yeah, perfect time for a, a players only meeting or a um, yeah, a bit of a mini camp and a bit of um, truth telling and, and soul searching because, uh, as you said off the top, this is as bad as it's been since, um, at least since Simo's come on board. Uh, and there's just so much going wrong and, yeah, the, the playing group is going to have to, um, yeah, take some hard truths and, and take some ownership of it. Moss here saying the positive, though, is at least Yo yeah. and Kennedy giving those serves show some of them at least give a shit. And that sort of goes back into the Nick Nat thing, taking it out of the ruck and he turned it over a few times, but that's sort of yeah. what Keyes was talking about. I don't give a shit. If you die making something happen or at least attempting to make something happen, don't just go down with a whimper. Like, if you're going to try something, try it. No issue there. Uh, Keys, I'll let you sum things up now. Any Anything further on the North game before we move on and uh, just basically try and burn the tape for the third week in a row? No, I just I just did, I did a run-through today because I couldn't quite remember our, win, uh, our losing streaks. We've lost four in a row under Simpson once. Oh, was that, that was 2014? 2014, rounds four to seven. Um, that's it. That's the only time under Simpson we lost four in a row. You've got to go back to 2010. Jesus. Um, for the next time before that, that, we lost four in a row. We've lost three in a row as against Simpson... One, two. The hub, definitely. Five. This is the fifth time yeah. we lost three in a row. Yeah. Okay. Now, one of those times was back in 2014. That was in a patch. We lost, we won one win from eight games in the first half of 2014. And Simpson was the first, first coach. Um, other than that, you've got. Uh, 2007 8. We did it once. Once in 2018, which is in the middle of rounds when we, we had a lot of injuries around just after the bye. Yeah. And then, uh, and then the hub last year. Mm. That's it. Did but you work out the thing. margins, the combined margins in, in, in those games? In those, <laughs> the four in a row, 75, 14, 3, and 19. Oh, he did. Jesus. 838, 44, 61-8-3. 8-3, Normal margins yeah. for a normal game and of footy. And even in the hub, 44, 30, 48. And then there was another one, 15, 28, 10. They're all 
you know, they weren't blowouts like what we had. And I, I don't know the ladder position of the sides we lost to, so I didn't go that deep. Um, so what are we looking at now? Ten goals, a hundred, and then ten points at we, home we, to the worst club in front. Yeah. So our two worst losses under Simpson have been this season now. Mm. Um, yeah, you know, we're it's. I'm like I said, it's the worst run of three games that we've had, and we're we're staring down the barrel now of losing the fourth in a row. And it's our second worst. Only 2014 we were seven and nine. So this, and we're eight and eight. And in 2017 we we're nine and seven. Mm. Every other year we've had double digits by round six, by after 16 games. So, yeah, we're we're up against it. it, it it's it really it, it's dire. Mm. Um, and and I think. And this is the unfortunate thing. I think what we're going through now, as a supporter, this is the worst period to be a supporter because we've had our success. We've still got, um, you know, the Premiership heroes. They're still there. Uh, for the most part, most of them are a shadow of how they played in 2018. So they're all on the decline. The team's on the decline. Um, you know it's going to come, but now... What we don't know is is exactly why, because you think the team should be playing better than what they are. The cliff's here. We've fallen off it. And now we don't know how big the trough's going to be. Um, and I reckon this is, like I said, I reckon this is worse than when you're actually down the bottom. Because when mm. you're down there, you're kind of like, oh, well, things can only get better from here. But and you're playing you're the kids, you're looking at the future. You look at the future and you just go, well, you know it's going to get worse. And and I reckon this is, a, this is the thing. We'll probably get to this when we get to selections. But I think it's a struggle for the match committee because you've got players. In the, we had, I think by my count, 12 premiership players out there on Monday night. Yep. Um, plus Gaff, Shepherd, and, and Nat Newey. So, plus Kelly. Yeah. Sorry? Plus, plus Kelly. Kelly. Plus Kelly, yeah. So... And I think, you know, it's really easy for us from the cheap seats to pick on the match committee and say, look, you're, you're playing on past successes and things like that. But I reckon as a match committee, you know what those guys were capable of. And I reckon it's hard to let it go. To so go, well, if you're looking at, say, do you play Sheed or do you bring in O'Neill as an example? Yeah. Um, you're probably going to back shoot him because you know the shoot's best is better than Neil's best. But it's like, well, she's not playing at his best and maybe we need to give O'Neill a chance because what O'Neill can provide now is maybe as much as what she can provide or at least we get to expose him and we're better for the future. So I think it's a really difficult situation for the match committee to be in because you know they're, they're trying to work out which guys are past it and which guys can maybe recapture their their bad form and whether they're going to snap out of it um so it looks like we're going to back the guys in for another week to snap out of it 
Uh, Good luck. We'll see. Mm. Yeah, mm. yeah. It's and it's and then then it's on the players. We've got a question here from. We've got a question here from Moss. Do you think Shuey should be captain going forward next year? We might talk about leadership and future prospects, things like that, either a little bit later on the show or potentially next week, God forbid, if we actually, you know, drop fourth game in a row and all this sort of business. It's sort of in that spot. Is this 2017, you know, where you just need to, I say just, but expose some of the kids to a bit more action, a few debutantes, throw a few names in there like that. Maybe that'll rejuvenate things. Or is it more of like a 08, 09? 2013. Exactly. Yeah, all that, yeah. you know, bit of a coach killer and there's a bit of a trough coming up. We'll wait and see. I think we've uh, stuck around in the shadows for a little bit, you know, long enough now. It's all been a bit uh, doom and gloom. So let's get some energy back into it. Let's talk positive. If you're listening to us uh, or if you're watching us live, I should say, look, tag your mates, have your say in this next part because we're talking about Nick Natanui. Let's celebrate the great man, separate to what's happening at the club right now. 200th game coming up on the weekend. Nick Natanui. <laughs> So, Migs, Nick Nat, club legend, plays his 200th. He arrived at the club with a remarkable amount of pressure for a young man because he was sort of the face, the new face of the team, a young team, a team not dissimilar to now. You know, they had the premiership guys kind of go off the cliff a bit, had to rebuild. And straight away, he's given the number nine jumper. Obviously, we know the history there. Uh, I think it was his second game, it was, against Hawthorne, where he's basically won the game off yep. his own boot in the last quarter. He's got the iconic look. So you're looking at this, you know, fantastic kid, great prospect. His marketing material coming out, you know, every every bloody hole that he's got, if that's what we're allowed to say. And, uh, yeah, he's basically somehow elevated on that. He came in with all the pressure in the world, stays a really humble bloke. He's delivered. He's changed his game style from the highlight reel to just the week-in, week-out soldier. Nick Natanui, 200 games. Take it away. What, what's your take on the great man? Yeah, and um, probably a couple of years ago, wouldn't have looked like he'd get to 200 games with you know, having a, a bloke his size suffering, yeah. suffering a second, um, yeah, second recon. Um, but he's he's come back from that and uh, and taken his game to another level. So yeah, he's uh, he's been one real shining light in this um, pretty dismal season. Um, and yeah, he's uh, he's doing his best to lead from the front. Um, we probably had two of our best uh, wins when he was acting captain. Um, so, yeah, going back to whoever's question it was, Mossy's question about, yeah, should, should we yeah. be captain going forward? Um, you'd almost be arguing to uh, to have Nick Nat captain for the rest of the year. Because uh, proven winner. But, yeah, he's... Um, to one point. Yeah. yeah um, you hear him speak and he's just so humble and... Um, he has every reason not to be, but he is, and yeah, he's uh, he's performing at a at a great level, and yeah, he's one thing that we can really hang our hat on this year. Keys, this is a guy like I said. Look, came into the league with all the pressure. The humbleness is amazing. He sticks out everywhere he goes. He's never he hasn't had a second off since he was eighteen or however long. You know, there's cameras following to him America when he goes over there for surgery. Still a really grounded bloke. Fantastic guy. You look at the production this year, I think he's in the top five for clearances, not for Ruckman, but full stop. One of the best five clearance players in footy. He's getting 20 possessions on the regular now, which he hasn't done for a couple of years. You know, hit outs, obviously one of the best tap Ruckman in footy. His hit out numbers are always at the very top of the top. I think he's second or third in hit outs this year. So second he's second West. behind Gorn. There you go. So we're still getting production from him, but uh, take us through perhaps some of your favourite knickknack highlights over the years. We might not see as many now, but back in the early days, he was really uh, giving us a lot. 
Oh, I think he's he's just he's the heart and soul of the club. Um, you know, spiritual leader. You know, and I think you just don't. I remember when I was up living up in Broome, and they had a, the Eagles came up. They had a footy camp, and it was around two thousand and ten thereabouts. Um, and um, all the kids they just flocked the net back. None of the other players, no one gave a shit about. They, and that's that's him wherever he goes. He goes. I mean, he's six foot freaking ten. He goes to a nightclub and everyone can see him. You know, and he's not. He's never. There's there's not been one thing where it's come out where he's it's been any bit of controversy or anything like that. Um, I, I've I've spoken to blokes that have met him when he's been out, and he's always he's he's up for a chat. He's polite. He talks to people. He doesn't get toey with them. Um, just a great bloke. Um, I reckon that first game. I, I, I was watching it and the thing that I, I still laugh about was he kicked three goals and it would have been Clarkson decided you had to stop it and he sent Campbell Brown to go down and try and rough him up yeah. and you could see Campbell Brown just going what the fuck am I supposed, <laughs> am I supposed to go, am I supposed to intimidate this bloke um, but he, he tried and you know he's, there was that he, I remember um he took a huge hanger against Geelong in mm. 2015, I think, in the Indigenous yep. jumper. I, I was yep. there for that game. That was great. On um, top of Cal Sinclair, if you don't mind. He's about yep. 400 centimetres yeah. in the air. Um, yep. You know, he's had those, the, the goal after Sauron against North, the goal yep. in the last seconds against GWS. Yep. Um, but I think that the enduring memory of him, once he's finished up, will be his tap work. You know the the way he can leap in the centre bounce and just and knock it wherever he feels like and change his mind mid air and hit hit a midfielder at pace on the tip and break him forward. Um, that's it's just you know it's poetry when he when it comes off and um, like you said he's had to change because he's had the that real super leap. He doesn't really have that anymore now, but he's relying more on his smarts. Um, but, yeah, 200 games. He's come back. Come back from a second Nero, Rico. He's got all Australian last year. Um, he's definitely in the conversation this year for all Australian. I don't know that... I mean, Gorn's probably got one spot sewn up. Um and then it's a matter of, um, you know, can he can he get his can he get a, a second spot ahead of maybe Hickey or Grundy, um, or the Frio types are squawking about Darcy, but fuck that, he's not good enough. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so so he, but he's the only player in our team this year that's even in the conversation for Australian. Yeah, um, and walk into the best and fairest again. Yeah, yeah, um, and the good thing is because he's changed his game, he can still play like this for mm. yeah, you know, possibly another two or three years. Um, cool. I hope he can because I love watching him out there. I love seeing him in the nine. Um, 
yeah, I agree. It will be a fast, but you never know with these all Australian fuckheads. Um, so, yeah, I love the guy. He's been my favourite player to watch for basically since that Hawthorne game. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that Hawthorne game, I mean, you got a 200-whatever centimetre kid. As you say, they're sending physical pressure to him. They're putting a proper defender on him. He took a running bounce in the pouring rain that skidded away from him and he still burned off his opponent. Uh, Miggs, that first knee injury was his game number 146, career game 146. He missed all of 2017, played phenomenal in 2018, absolutely amazing. Obviously, it's a travesty that he didn't get the flag. Did the knee, came back for a couple of games at the end of 2019, but essentially he's missed two full seasons. But outside of that, you know, he's actually been remarkably healthy for the three seasons that he played otherwise. Just, I mean, week yeah. in, week out, you know yeah, what you're going to get from him. Early 2000, 2012, 13, somewhere out there. He missed okay, a yeah. Pretty, yeah. yeah. Um, a bit of OP at one stage or something. But yeah. he's just gotten on with it, you know, and, he's, and yeah. he's, he's taken his game to a more consistent level, certainly. Uh, but it, as Keith said, just changing that game style, you know, he's still just a beast week in, week out. Your favourite Nick Nat memory, uh, Miguel? Um, Keys, I had sort of three that I was mulling around and Keys, I think, named all of them. It was the, yeah, the Mark over Sinclair and Blitzarves, um, which was, I was about a block away from that. Uh, nice. The North North Mark, I was pretty close to that one too. Very nice. Uh, and the, uh, the GWS um, winning goal, I was... Uh, probably close to the new blokes because I was at the ground um, down the other end. But, yeah, so I've been pretty pretty lucky with that. Um, clearly, I'm a good luck charm for Nick Nat, um, or I just go to a lot of footy. Um, yeah, that, that, they're probably the, my favourite memories on the field. Um, off the field, I think, I don't know whether it was his first or second knee recon, um, but he, he got on Twitter and said, basically, thank you to you know, all the support. If you want to financially... Um, support me, don't do that, support this. Uh, he, he had some girl he knew that was in Princess Margaret uh, with some yeah. terrible disease. And he, so he said, you know, if you want to do something for me, send this girl some money. So um, that just shows the, the, the character of the bloke, I think. Um, Ripping bloke. So, yeah. Fantastic. He embodies the club in that sort of, you know, spiritual leader or whatever you want to call it. He is the heart and soul. I know he's very, very popular. I know that grinds opposition fans a little bit, but the crowd do genuinely just light up whenever he goes near it because something special is probably going to happen. And, uh, guess, you know, maybe it doesn't take enough marks, keys, but, yeah, fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just, just fantastic. thinking then, just thinking, as listening to you guys talking, one of the things I reckon sums up Nick Nat was him giving Riley O'Brien that phone after the game last year. <laughs> you know, he... Yeah, O'Brien yeah. made a mistake, whether he did it on cue, whether it go deliberately yeah. or whatever. Nat knew he, like publicly, he sort of laughed it off, and then yeah, you show it in that documentary, it was sort of like it stung him a little bit, and you know, probably was saying, "I'm going to bash this bloke, and I'm going to show him." He went to war with the guy after the game, shakes his hand, gives him a phone, has a laugh. Uh, that's the guy he is. Mm. And it was just, it wasn't. Um, contrived or anything like that. Obviously, he planned it. Um, but it was just a really good moment in the game, you know, that you could go to war with a bloke. and they, I mean, they were crashing into each other that game. They were going at it pretty hard. Yeah. Um, at the end of it, he 
pats the bloke on the bloke, has a laugh with him and wishes him all the best. And that's it. You don't hear from him about it. You don't hear from him about it anymore. That's it. It's yeah. done. Nah, fantastic player, a, a ripping bloke as well. Given all the pressure and the spotlight on him, he could have gone a completely different way and you might not have blamed him, yeah. but he's still super humble. You think about, like, uh, you know, that who are you going to tell your kids about or who are you going to be able to say, oh, I saw this guy play or whatever. And for as good as, I mean, Judd, fantastic cousins, of course, you have to talk about these sorts of guys. Kennedy's remarkable. We've been lucky to see him play. Even Lacroix at his best is maybe someone you might be like, yep, that's somebody that you want to tell your kids about or, or brag that you got to see him play. But I think Nick Nat on that scale is probably uh, pretty unparalleled. So fantastic to see him play game 200. Great to see him hopefully kick on for a few more years as well. And you'd say one hand on the BNF medal already. Hopefully we can get him a couple of hands on a Premiership Cup as well before he wraps things up. Let's move on to heroes and villains, guys. Not a lot of heroes this week, but we'll get through it if we can. Uh, yeah, the, the North Melbourne chat, we sort of wallowed around a bit, so it's running a bit long. Let's smash through this one. Keys, as customary, you can lead us off for villains. Aside from the entire West Coast Eagles playing squad, who pissed you off this week? It's <laughs> fucking removalists in Victoria from New South Wales. Oh, you know, I hadn't even considered that, yeah. Fuck them. Just, you know, we're trying to get out of this. We're trying to get things sorted out. And these fuckers, just, they're on the verge of bringing the comp down. Um, but they're, they're on my shit list. Um, I'm looking at Chris Scott doing a press conference. And I just hate him. He's just a pain in the ass. So he's on the shit list just because he's on my telly at the minute. Um, I'm pretty shy for villains this week because I was pissed off with our live bikes. Um the big footy shows, all the Fox ones, um, you know when the Eagles are losing because they're all over them. Yeah. You know, we win a couple of games and just fucking crickets. And as soon as we lose, oh, I mean, look, it's warranted. You know, we're playing oh, yeah. shit. Uh, so the criticism's fair. I don't, you know, and I don't, I don't think there's any reason why we shouldn't have the microscope put on us because we deserve it. But... You know, it just shows how poor it is when, um, you know, when we went, there's no balance in the coverage. Um, there's a strong. Yeah. All right. I Sorry. I just... called out Gladys last week for just being too slow. Yeah. Infected uh, Virus says that uh, Gladys is his or her villain of the week. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Strong username uh, to content ratio there. <laughs> Infected Virus. G'day, Gladys. Moss's villain is the uh, the credits in general. Stuff the credits, probably stuff the bank as well. Don't like the credits in the bank. Yeah, so, yeah, this week for for once, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty shallow on um, on villains without getting political or anything like that. Yeah. But, well, yeah, also the, 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 the removalists for me. Yeah, good, very good. Migs, anything can top that? Uh, the only other one I had was um, Jaden Stevenson for oh, uh, please. Yeah, ripping, yeah, yeah. ripping uh, us a new one and then yeah, He's going on Twitter or Instagram or whatever and saying, oh, yeah, I think COVID's being overblown, stupid fucking idiot. Now, if it wasn't um, for the yeah. media, there wouldn't be COVID. Well, yeah. I don't know that that's how it works can, there, Jaden. But... Can the AFL take his his possessions and his goals off North Melbourne for that? that might I'm actually give us sure he just... 
Oh, he might have had a punt on himself, possessions Ret- over under. That's why it might have been. Retrospective suspension, I reckon. Yeah, yeah good. Jane, I, I reckon Jaden Stevenson's got it. And by got yep. it, I mean villain of the week, not got COVID. Of course, COVID doesn't exist. It's just the media beat up. But uh, Jaden Stevenson, villain of the week. The Eagles boys lucky to escape the blowtorch again this week. Uh, heroes. I mean, are there any heroes? Simo showed up to his his bloody Ask Simo. That's sort of heroic because well, I don't know, don't know actually, what he's that was, to get. That was going to be my other villain was Goss for going for picking the easiest fucking questions for him in that oh, segment. Softballs was it? I don't, I don't yeah. even watch it anymore, but softballs was it? Good. Very yeah, good. Got a bunch yeah. of Dorothy Dixes. Yeah. Very good. Uh, heroes. Anybody done anything properly heroic this week? Ash, Ash Barty. Barty. <laughs> yeah. Ash Barty, hero of the week, Barty. just like that. Yeah. Um, I had a couple of us. Um, Connor West for getting his debut. Very nice. And we'll get to that. And Mark Hutchings for – he's in the squad. I don't know if he'll play, but um, doing his thing week by week in the waffle. Um, had 30 and 3, so good for him, showing the senior boys how it's done. And oh, you have 30 and 3. Goodness me. Sula yeah. as well. So get him in, you know. Get him in this the week, Eagles. One, you other, need a defensive get him in there. Um, We need him to like tag Zorko or something, don't we? Dangerfield and Selwood, he suggested, who, of course, played tonight. Keys. Trevor Gleason is the other one. Uh, oh, very good. Very good. Yeah, I like yeah, that. Eight years at the Wildcats, five championships. I mean, Wildcats were already, already a pretty successful organisation before he came under his watch. He um, he took them another level. So, yeah. you know, I think uh, you probably know this better than me, Badge, but I, I'm pretty sure I read during the week. He's, he's got five championships at the Wildcats. There's no other club in the NBL has got more has got more than four. Yeah. So, Max Best is four in total. Yeah, um, he's been he's been brilliant, and the Wild, I mean the Wildcats are going to miss him. Um, and good on him for yeah, he's got an opportunity to go to the NBA and coach. Mm. Um, so I hope he does really well, um, and he'll be yeah. And one of the things I list. I can't remember where I heard it. Um, it might have been one of the players talking about him. But the thing he was able to do was get the players playing for each other and the, mm. the culture of the Wildcats. Oh. Um, I just Stuff Toronto. We should have poached him. I, yeah, <laughs> that's what I was going to say. I just wish no. before he flies out, maybe hope we can get him in the club yeah. and um, talk to players about the value of playing for each other and and a team first ethos because that's exactly what the Wildcats have been all about for um, certainly for his eight years at the club. So he was the other one that I um, had for a hero of the week. Gleason and Barty, are we divvying up the honours there? Heroes of the week? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, first Wimbledon title for a woman in 40 years for an Australian woman. You, you kind of had. And, and just a great person to boot apart from... Richmond fan, though. Yeah, yeah. Super, super bad character flaw. Um, aside from that, um, yeah, uh, just everything you want from a um, sporting champion. So I think we better give it just to Ash Barty straight up because that's a very impressive, uh, Im- impressive effort all over. So there you go, Ash Barty, our hero of the week. Right, moving on, guys. It is round 18. The West Coast Eagles play the Adelaide Crows. 
Uh, what time have we got? 2.10, I think, back on a normal time slot on Sunday. It's that Adelaide Oval, Migs. We've actually been able to fly out and, well, fingers crossed, be able to come back in. Now, the squad announcement is that was the one we were watching and Simo a bit of a blunder earlier in the week or certainly from the perspective of myself and a lot of posters on the Eagles board pretty much came out and said no no we're not having any big names go out this person's not getting dropped that person's not getting dropped as it stands currently keeping in mind Sunday squads extended squads all of that the outs are both in force we've got Tom Barras and Brendan Arche both missing with injuries uh Barras in particular definitely one to watch if the Eagles figure things out get back on a bit of a roll the ins, we have both Edwards boys. We've got Xavier O'Neill. We've got Bailey Williams, Mark Hutchings, as you mentioned, and Connor West making his debut. Nice to see Connor West locked in as one of those two inclusions. Beyond that, Migs, it's a, a bit of a strange one to say, no, there's not going to be any big names going out. Seems to be only the two changes that I can see. What do you think we're going to do on Sunday? Um, what do I think we're going to do? It depends a bit. There's a, there's a couple of injury clouds around um, Kelly and Yo, uh, and there's a lot of um, potential replacements uh, in the midfield that have been named on that extended bench. So we could see any of um, yeah Luke Edwards, uh, Xavier O'Neill, even potentially Hutchings coming in. Mm. Um, Bailey Williams on the bench is an interesting one uh, because I had him in my changes, but I had either uh, Darlin getting a spell, which obviously isn't going to happen, or um, yep. Kennedy getting a sort of a managed rest, which you know, wouldn't be he wouldn't be one of the, the senior players that you're saying, um, you know, stuff his credits in the bank, he should be getting a, a spell. Um, his would be a genuine rest, but uh, both of those guys named on field. Basically, anyone who you'd think uh, he's a... Um, you know, he's a potential scapegoat, or he's someone that can go back to the waffle and... Um, and uh, try and get some some form and confidence back. Um, they're all named on the field, so the guys on the extended bench are the usual suspects. Uh, you know, Nelson's there, Rotham, I think's there. Um, so if there are further changes, they're going to be little tinkering around the edges. It's not going to be the um, not going to be sort of the uh, you know, the the big statement change that uh, we've been calling for. Um, I said leaving the ground on uh, Monday. You no, know, well. If there's one silver lining to come out of this, it'll be that we'll, we'll finally see the change that we've been clamouring for, and uh, we haven't seen it at the at the, uh, at the selection table. So whether we see it when the players line up, or with some of the um, with the game plan changes, or something, but yeah, certainly didn't come at, at selection. That doesn't look like mm. um, yeah. If there's another change. Um, It'll be just one of the usual ones we're used to seeing week in, week out. The guys that, um, you know, are sort of the guys with the credits in the bank that are saving them are, um, are going to get another week at least. And yeah, if they don't get dropped after that North Melbourne game, God knows when they will be. When will they? Exactly right. Um, we've got some comments here coming through about Dom Sheed maybe taking a spell. I agree with that, but I don't think it'll happen. If it were up to me, no. it might have happened. But uh, anyway, Keys, we'll, we'll see Harry Edwards for Barras. We'll see Connor West coming in for a debut. Hopefully adds a little bit of grunt and a bit of tackling because God knows we need it. 18th in the league for tackles as usual. Uh, beyond that, you know, it, as Mick's pointed out, it doesn't look like there's going to be anything sweeping. Foley's not on the extended bench, which bothers me. Uh, Luke Edwards. He's also, Foley's not named in the waffle either, so I don't know if he's injured. 
Oh, he's got the uh, the Jared Brander memorial injury where yeah. he's not in the waffle, he's not on the injury report, and he's not in the league side, so that's good. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, Keys, look, changes seemingly are going to be minimal from a personnel point of view. As we touched on at the top, I'd rather go down swinging and, you know, maybe playing some youth and you can cop a mistake from a kid who's trying to play aggressively. But nonetheless, it won't be personnel. It has to be mindset. So what are you expecting to see from the boys on Sunday? You know, are they going to come out pissed off or is it just business as usual for West Coast? Just want to touch on, um, I think Infected Virus had the note about not being ruthless like Goodwin mm. or, or Bevo. Now, as much as I, I agree with him in that Simpson's not particularly ruthless, I don't know that I would be looking at Goodwin and Bevo as um, particularly good examples to follow. I mean, Bevo won a a flag in 2016 and they've been chopping and changing his side around ever since and and I reckon this year's the first year where it's actually paid any dividends. I mean, he missed finals a couple of years. Um, so, yeah, I, I've got, I reckon sometimes Bevo outsmarts himself when he takes guys, I reckon he changes the side around too much. Um, and, you know, Goodwin at Melbourne, you know, I think Melbourne have been blessed this year with a pretty thin injury list. So he's maybe been able to um, have that opportunity. As for the changes, I think there's I think there's probably three names that seem to be coming up. Oh, sorry, four names that come up pretty regularly. And that's McGovern, Darling, Cripps mm. and Sheet. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I'm going to turn around and say, <laughs> yeah. Gaff um, can't win. But probably those four are the ones that, from what I've read, have probably been the most common. Um, Gar- Garby was going to get dropped, probably got saved by Brass's injury. If Brass doesn't get injured, I still probably think Gov keeps his spot anyway, but with Brass going out, you can't drop McGovern. Um, Darling... Yep, I reckon he could have done with a spell, and I couldn't. Yeah, absolutely. Have to, I would yeah. have liked to see Williams come in for Darling because Darling's given nothing. Okay. Um, she, I would have brought West in for she. I don't really think that you could do that. Uh, and Cripps has got to be on thin ice. He's he's been poor. He wasn't great last year, and I don't think he's been good this year. Um, now. All is it that thing said, if you don't want to play mids out of position, though? Like, who's behind Cripps from a well, small Cripps, forward perspective? Cripps, that's Cripps that's maybe his saving. Time. Cripps spent a lot of time on the wing on Monday night. Yeah, yeah. good point. Yeah, I, I had over half the centre bounce down, so he was starting on the wing. So if you're playing Cripps O'Neal. on the wing, bring O'Neill in on the wing. You yeah. know, Cripps is not, he's not playing half forward anyway. Um, I think... Um, as much as you like to see some changes and you do it, I, it's come up now. I think over the last three weeks, we've made something like 15 or 16 changes. The changes have been five or six each week for the last three weeks. As much as some of them, and some of them have been forced, some of them have been shuffling deck chairs on the Titanic. Um, I, from 
what the snippets of what I heard from Simpson this week, I reckon he's he's trying to get a bit of continuity, and I think he's he's wondering whether or not the changes have been too disruptive. Um, whether that's right or not, I don't I don't know. Um, but you know, at some point, you know. Said a little bit earlier, you know, maybe he looks like he's going to back the guys in and give them a chance to redeem themselves. Um, at some point, you've got to turn around and call it and go, these guys have run. Yeah. Um, and I, I think they've run out of credits and I think they've gone in, they're borrowing now. Mm-hmm. Um, they've, you know, they're like, you know, Venezuela. They're in fucking, yeah. they're in debt. Um, Going to need a government and, bailout, and, and you know, dig up stupid. You know they've got to. So it's on. Look, Simpson's going back to players in. Go for it, but <laughs> you know he's got the players now. If they don't, if they don't respond this week, then I'm going to start to believe there's an issue between Simpson and the players. And that you then got to talk about whether or not Simo's lost the player group, because if he's going to back them in after, you know, what we said is probably their first worst three-week period, certainly under Simpson as coach. If he's going to back them in again, and they let him down again, um, you know, where do you go then? Migs, we've played the Crows once already this year. Now we played them without Tex for whatever that matters. He started the year on fire. He sort of tailed off a bit, but he's found something that I thought he'd lost. You know, he's, he's certainly had his best year for some time now. He's going to be back in, but you look at the players that played well on that day and it's a lot of midfield presence. It's Tim Kelly with 31. It's Gaff with 30. Uh, Witherden had 30 himself, but obviously he won't be available. Redden with the 26. Cripps, 25. Might have been one of his better games for the year. You know, Sheed, 23. So the mids found the footy a fair bit. Is that the battle that we need to watch? Is it more about seeing the mentality, seeing if they come out pissed off, ready to fight, ready to fight for four quarters more specifically? Like, what what would you like to see on the weekend? Because they need to win, plain and simple. They need to win. So let's throw that out already. What, what do you want to see, you know, from the boys? Is it winning the footy first? Is it hitting hard? What, what's the thing that you'd most like? Um, probably have a greater, greater work rate and greater spread. Um, spreading from the contest, actually running to pr- to provide a um, an option and, and not the running around the back. Uh, actually mm. spreading, um, running when your opponents have got the ball, actually shutting them down, not just you know, plodding along on si- alongside them, giving them the corridor. Um, yeah, that that defensive effort when they haven't when we haven't got the ball uh, is what I uh, what I really want to see. Um, we sort of. Uh, I suppose we won the clearances, even though we papered over the cracks a little by um, by Nat Nui dominating and doing it himself. Mm. Uh, but it was yeah, as soon as we, um, as soon as the ball left that clearance, is when we fell down. So I think that's where the uh, the effort needs to be, um, and particularly when when Adelaide have got the ball. Um, yeah, we want to see more. <laughs> Someone's just commented, "I really want to see more corralling." No, that that's about the one thing I don't want to see more of. <laughs> Thanks, um, Ron. Cheers for that. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's you just want to see the effort and the work rate, and, and yeah, looking like they uh, 
they give a shit, I suppose. They give a shit, exactly. Keys, you touched on it. I actually thought the uh, the fight in the first quarter and bits of the second until that sort of niggling under the skin sort of stuff started coming in. But the fight in the first quarter I thought was good. You know, Barras laid a big hit. The tackling seemed to be up. The intent seemed to be up. Looking at the numbers when we last played the Crows, we beat them in clearances. We beat them in tackles. It's not a club that wins a lot of games, you know, on the tackle count. So they've shown they can do it against this group. We got Shuey back in since then. We've got Yo. You know, no red and sure, but we've still got Kelly. We've still got Shade, fingers crossed, from a health perspective, I should say, as it relates to those guys. Um, is the battle in the middle going to determine the game? Is it just, again, same as Migs, you just want to say, boys, give a shit? Yeah, it's really hard. From, from the stands, it's hard to know. I mean, I'm sure if you ask the players, that's how they did give a shit. But, um, yeah, but. I just, I want to see some dare. Just, you know, take some risks. Um, and, you know, I, yeah, I said earlier, you take, take a risk and it doesn't pay off. Well, then I'll wear that. Um, but then, but then have the work rate that if, if you do take a risk and you turn the ball over, then you work your ass off to get back and, and cover and go, right, okay, we've turned it over. Let's get back. Let's protect, you know, and, this is, a, I mean, it was the one thing um, when I went to the Richmond Essendon game. That one of the things that struck me in that game, and I mean, it's, they're a bad team to because as bad as we're going, Richmond aren't doing much. They're doing about as about as well as we are. Yeah. The thing that struck me in the in the um, when Richmond played Essendon was how regularly they would turn the ball over. But how? But when they did, they would get back and they position themselves to cover defensively for it, and they'd work their ass off. Um, and I think that's what, and I think that's what all the good sides are doing. You know, they they'll take a risk, and sometimes it will turn over. But when it does turn over, they don't just turn. Ah, oh, fuck it. Oh well, they're they're back. They they're harassing the guy that has got the footy. They're, they're putting mm. pressure on the guys who are in line to receive it. They're getting back in position so that, you know, the attack... I mean, it, it doesn't work all the time and good sides still get scored against, but they'll make, they'll make sides work their ass off to score against them and that's what that's what we've got to do. We've got to, we've got to work when we don't have the footy and we've got to show dare when we have it. Um, Moss here in the comments saying that he wants to see the boys get around each other and celebrate the little wins. And I think that's a really interesting point because we're feeling flat. The club's obviously aware of the pressure. Nizzy's sending sending emails about it and Simo's getting grilled a little bit more in the media week on week. Migs, they're not stupid. They know where we're at. Uh, You've got the Yo McGovern situation and all that sort of stuff. I reckon next week we name the Chris Marston Memorial Teammate of the Week because... (laughs) <laughs> they need a circuit breaker. They need somebody to just lift the boys up and yeah. get around each other. Chief celebration officer, you know. I'd like to see a little bit more positivity coming through the camp because maybe it's a simple fix. It's a naive thing to say, you know, oh, you just laugh it off and feel better and everything will fall into place. But shit, try something because, you know, as I, as I keep saying, they need to break this circuit somehow. Yeah, a bit of that. And also um, not getting too down and uh, dragging your bottom lip along the ground if, uh, mm. if an umpire's call goes against you or um, a teammate gives up a goal or, you know, 
opposition get a couple of goals in a row, uh, have the, the mental fortitude to shake it off and say, right, we'll get the next one. You look at the Crows, not a high-scoring team, not a team that gets a lot of the footy in terms of their disposal numbers. They mark the footy less than anybody in the league as well. They don't tackle all that much. Lowest score in their history last week. 21, yeah, goodness me. They're coming off... Oh, here we go. How's this? Three losses in a row for us, three losses in a row for them. (laughs) Somebody might want to tip a draw or something. But yeah, look, I mean... Surprise, this wasn't the Friday night game. They're one and five in their last six games. They are, goodness me, one, two, three, four, five. So what does that make them? Two and ten in their last 12. This is not a club that's flying. This is not a club that's up and about. They're giving up scores. They're not scoring a lot, Keys. I mean, we can get into tips if you want, or we can discuss sort of what we're expecting at either end of the field. But I'm kind of sick of talking structurally about the Eagles because it's not going to change until Simo changes it. We can't change it for him. So, you know, what what are you expecting to see from the Crows and and how does that influence your tip? I've got no idea what to expect from the Crows. Um, (laughs) I I noticed uh, Fogarty's been named in the side in the changes, which means... He'll probably kick five or six goals against us because he seems to like playing against us for whatever reason. It's a pain in the ass. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, and I don't think, to be honest, I, I, it doesn't matter. I reckon the Crows will try. Uh, you expect that. And it shouldn't matter. It shouldn't have mattered last week that North Melbourne tried. We shoot, we're a better side. If we try, we win. If we play, if we play somewhere even approximating our best, we win this game. Um, mm. But if we don't, we'll lose, and it's 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 on us. It's how it's got nothing to do with what Adelaide do. It's all about what we do. Um, and if we don't have that the right mindset going in, we'll get rolled again. Um, two things. One thing I like today is the players seemed, the little video they did about Connor West being named. Yep. Um, there seemed to be a pretty genuine um, happiness for Connor amongst the playing group that he got named. They all sort of got around him and everything like that. So, you know, maybe something as as small as a player making his debut can be enough to, to spark the players. Um they should be wanting to play for Nick Nats 200th. Yep, absolutely. Um, and you mentioned that press release from Trevor Nisbet. When was the last time you remember Nisbet doing a press release that had anything to do with on-field? Yeah. It wasn't yeah. just, please give us money. Yeah. Um, he, his, his press releases, anything he comes, is usually something to do with off-field matters and got nothing to do with with on-field. So mm. I, you've got to think that there's – he's pissed, and I'm sure he was, and I reckon he's made it known. So it'll be interesting to see um, what impact that has because I can't – I cannot remember when I've seen Nisbet comment about – well, I'm not – like unprovoked. Mm. I mean, I'm I'm sure I'm, I'm you know there's been times where he's been doing a radio interview and and he's been asked a question about how they're going on field and he's responded, but um, yeah, unprompted to come out and sort of talk about how the club's faring on field. 
that's really unusual. And it shows, if nothing else, the club are aware of the pressure that's that's coming. And, um, and I reckon just going through that, that um, Ask Simo segment, mm. uh, there was a fair bit you could see the way, you know, Simpson was well aware that there's, um, you know, there's a fair fair bit of negative feeling amongst the um, fan base, and rightly so. Uh, Migs, you can lead us off with yeah. the tipping. Do the Eagles break this horror run that they're on until the Crows snap there? Three-game losing streak. What's going to happen on Sunday? Who's going to win by how much and which Eagle is going to impress us the most? Uh, yeah, look, I hope we turn up, but I don't have the confidence to pick us to beat any AFL team at the moment. Uh, unfortunately, that's just uh, where I am. So I'm going to pick Adelaide by 15 points and the uh, our best to be... Probably can't pick Nick that, can I? Um, can if you want. Oh, can I pick Connor West? Connor West to come in and have a rising star debut, even though he's probably too old to be eligible. Love that. Beautiful stuff. Uh, Keys, do the Eagles get the W on the weekend? And who impresses us either way? Ah, oh, yeah, fuck it. Eagles by 24. <laughs> I mean, I picked, I picked us by 84 last week. We didn't even score 84, did I win by that? Um, <laughs> So, 24, I reckon, best on ground. Ah, fat guts, my gun. Why not? There you go. Beautiful uh, stuff. Yeah, oh, Gov. Yeah, I, I want to, I want to, he's one, I really want to see something from him. Mm. I really mm. want to see something from Gov. Um, I think he's he owes us. I mean, he's on. According to that Herald Sun article, he's the second highest player in the paid player in the comp, and and I reckon since since he got that contract, he's not he's not been the player that he was before that that contract. So. Um, yeah, he's on good money. He needs to um, he needs to perform up to it. So putting the wood on him, he's he's probably going to have to take Walker because I think putting mm, Edwards on Edwards. Walker is you know that's that's a pretty big ask on a guy in his sixth or seventh game or whatever it is. Um, and even Edwards is going to has he had his hands full with Phil Thorpe, um in the first game, and I think. We ended up moving out onto onto him from memory um, because we didn't. If I'm, I don't think we had Gov or Brass in that game. No. Um, so I think we're. Um, McGovern's going to have to take Walker, which means he's going to have to sacrifice his intercept game and be one accountable one on one. So I'm going. There's a long way to. A lot of words to say, Garvin 24, wasn't it? <laughs> Beautiful. No, love it. Uh, get out of Willie Rioli, of course, highest player in the AFL. Uh, Hutch going to get called up and get best on ground, according to Infected Virus, and Moss doesn't mind that one either. Darling to find form again as well, coming through on the comments. 
Darling kicked five goals against the Crows, and I'm not one of it. Darling cops flack from Eagles fans. Um, did he do that in one quarter? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely he did, which was bizarre. Yeah, he's caught some flack see, over the I'd years. i him kick one goal a quarter. Agreed. Five and one. Absolutely. Yeah. I will say, I don't understand the flack. I, I understand where it comes from, but I don't think it's warranted. You know, he's not always as imposing as he could be, and he fades out of game sometimes. I get that. His best is phenomenal. I actually think, you know, sometimes people judge him harshly because his best is so, so good. I am now in the Jack Darling needs a spell camp over the last month. He's just simply not been good enough. He's not hitting the scoreboard. Threatened to do some nice link-up play a couple of weeks ago. I think it was against Sydney. Didn't amount to anything. Um, So I wouldn't have had an issue if they dropped him or if they do indeed drop him. If he plays, fuck it, why not? Jack Darling, best on ground. I cannot predict the Eagles to win the game. I just can't bring myself to do it. I'd normally in this situation do something cowardly, like say Adelaide by a point. But as we've seen, when we lose, we lose badly. So I'm going to say Adelaide by 40. I really hope I'm fucking wrong on that. I really hope I'm right that Jack Darling has a big game because he needs it, we need it, and and the boys just need to get back on that winner's list. And they've climbed a spot already this week, having yet yet to play. Hopefully they can keep climbing and uh, go a little bit better. Gents, I reckon we will leave it there. Uh, a bit of a long one this week, but there was a lot to unpack. Fantastic for Nick Nat to get to 200. I think that's the big headline I want out of this this week is that the boys managed to do it for him. Hopefully they can do it for young Connor West as well. Migs, fantastic to see you back on the show, mate. It's uh, been a tough week, but I think we've gotten through it so far. Hopefully round 18 can be a bit better. Yeah, and an, another long wait for the Sunday game, unfortunately. Mm. But, um, yeah, hopefully it's worth the wait this time. Keys. Folding the club in your in your uh, what do yeah. we got here? We got the nail ale, is no, it? No nails yeah. in the coffin yeah. this week. I hope. Love that. Keys, quick beer review from yourself. How, how does that one uh, rate compared yeah. to last yeah. week's? Uh, uh, behind last week's, this one's a bit fruity. Bit fruity. The Stefan Arna is the uh, is the winner thus far yeah. for the Keys beer power yeah. ranking. So we'll keep that one tracked. Yeah. We're going to track so the Chris Marston. I'm going to um, put this outside so it rusts away, and I'm going to shove up someone's ass next week. Ah, the old rusty nail. Look at that. Okay, there's levels to this. Uh, Guys, keep your eye out. Chris Marston. Bloody, uh, what do we we call it? Commemorative teammate of the week. Some bullshit like that. And the week of Who's getting around the boys? Who's who's lifting the club? Guys, thank you very much for watching as always in the comments. Appreciate that. Uh, Nail Red Ale getting a little bit of a thumbs up here from Matt. He likes that version. So, Keys, maybe one for you to try next week. We'll talk to you next week. 8.30. Thursday, same as always. Share the show, tag a mate, all that good stuff. Let us know uh, what you like, what you don't like, and uh, hopefully we're recapping an Eagles win next week. Jesus Christ, hopefully we're recapping a win. Please, boys, please. 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 We'll leave it there, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Until then, we will see you next time. Bye for now. Bye. Bye.